0: wonderful Father matchless in every way we just want to acknowledge this morning Jesus thank you for coming to die for us and reconciling us back to the most amazing and wonderful Father there is only one Jesus said who is good to be able to know a Father who loves, who is good, a Father who's always there for you, always loving, always caring, always having your best interest at heart. Lord, my prayer this morning is that many would come to know you as this amazing Father. many would come to realize and know you as just a God who cares and who loves and who wants the best for us. And many would come to know your son, Jesus. Love itself. That he would give his life and gave his all so that we could encounter the Father. Father, I just as we've been worshiping today, just overwhelmed by just how good you are and and how we long to know you more and how we long for others to start the journey of just knowing you, Lord. So I would just pray today, Lord, as we as we share a little bit around who you are and your word that that something of a revelation understanding would come to our lives that have already started on the journey of knowing you and and to others Lord God that would be introduced to you pray Holy Spirit wonderful Holy Spirit the one who comes to enlighten and to illuminate the beauty of Jesus and of the Father will you come and will you lead us and help me to share your word and truth in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, it is an absolute honor and a privilege always to come to you this morning and bring you the Word, and uh, just to, to share around who God is. I, I love, I just get so excited about sharing who God is, and I want to say up front today that on a day like Father's Day, it, it, it stirs me up even more. I get even more excited to share about the Father, God, the Abba Father, that through Jesus Christ, we now can cry out and call Him Abba Father, our, our Daddy. And uh, as we have embarked on a journey in getting to know Him, we've come to realize just how amazing and how beautiful and how wonderful He is. And, and to be honest, uh, friends, how much the enemy has uh, deceived people uh, into thinking that the Father uh, is a, a whole lot different and, uh, you know, that's upset or gets angry or doesn't love us. And uh, yet, actually, it's the enemy, the devil, that uh, is the one who comes to rob and to kill and to destroy. He comes to rob us in our lives. And it is the Father that uh, cares and loves us so much that He would give His Son, Jesus, everything that, could be, um, that He could give to restore us back to this beautiful understanding. So on Father's Day, I'm hoping, as I share some of the word and truth, um, I'm trusting that there will be a, a little bit of um, illumination into the beauty of who God is and, uh, and just uh, how much He loves you and cares for you. Um, before I, I kind of branch into what I want to share this morning, I just want to encourage us at these times. Um, I really believe that the best Father's Day gift I could give you is to speak the truth in love. The best Father's Day I could give you is to share the Word of God um, and to uh, impart to you, not just to please you. I, I am, um, as a father of three, I know how difficult it is at times to, to want to please your kids and you want them to love you and you and you you, you don't necessarily want to say anything that's kind of too strong or or, or hurtful. Um, but the Bible tells me that the Father disciplines those whom He loves. There is a, a, a time when we need to share truth, um, even though it might hurt. I remember with my kids at times uh, telling them things that they didn't really enjoy. Um, but it was because I loved them and it's because I could see further down the road than they could see. And I could see what God had in store, or their destinies. And so I'm hoping today as I share the Word, God the Father, sees further down the road your life, how valuable, how precious it is. And uh, friends, I want to encourage you that no one is good except God. Um, so trying to get goodness from man, trying to get man to, to, to do certain things, or trying to get man to adjust or accommodate or, um, is, is never going to work. It's already on a failing uh, pathway. Um, at the end of the day, the Bible tells us that man will be a lover of self. He will love himself more than anything else. So trying to get a whole bunch of lovers of self together and to uh, try and accommodate one another and love one another is, is, is never going to be the answer. So I just want to encourage you during these times. This world's gone a little bit crazy. Uh, the world is, is uh, trying to uh, le- bring level ground, trying to through their own works and their own efforts. Um, the reality is, friends, what saddens me is when the church has to write letters or try and explain to the world that we're not racist. Um, That's just, for me, it's actually sad. And the reason why I say it's sad is because um, we're not trying to bring level ground or appease people in this world, friends. We're trying to, to take people into another realm, another world, the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, my Bible tells me in Galatians 3, verse 28, it says, if you've been baptized into Jesus Christ, you have put on Christ. And in Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, nor slave, nor free. There is neither male nor female, but all is one in Christ. Everyone is honored. Everyone is valued. Everyone is appreciated. Everyone is the same, friends, in the realm of the kingdom. Friends, everybody is honored and the same. There is value there, friends. You're not going to find value and equalness and equality in this world, friends, and in the systems of this world. You will find it only in Jesus Christ. And so that's what saddens me is the church should be portraying that. It saddens me if we have to write letters to explain to the world that it is only through Jesus Christ. And being in Christ, this is what we naturally portray. We naturally portray a heart where there isn't a class or a race of people or a certain color that has preference over any other. Friends, there isn't even a social level. Slave or free, there isn't rich or poor in the kingdom of God. Friends, it goes even as far as to say there isn't in a male or female. There isn't, a, isn't some kind of level of importance between agendas. And why is this, friends? It's because as we've been sharing to understand that we are, I am spirit. And I have a soul and I live in a body. And as I am spirit, there is no male and female spirit. There's no male and female in the spiritual realm. God is not male or female. And as He is not male or female, friends, there's no leaning towards male or female. In the spirit realm, friends, we're all the same. We've put on Christ. We are one in Christ, and so the church, my heart is the church, should be portraying this to the world. That the the world is trying to make things right by balancing things out, friends. By by black lives matter, so there's been injustice. So so let's now let's just turn a blind eye to injustice on another color, to, so we can bring justice to this, friends. There is no justice in the system of this world. Satan actually has no justice system. Only God is a God who is good. Only God is a God of justice. Friends, God will bring justice to your life. So my heart and my desire is today is to to challenge us as the church and to say, let's be who God's called us to be. Let's live how God's called us to live. Let's be the demonstration, the hands and the feet of Jesus in this world so that the world can look, friends, the world can be looked to us and be drawn to us and say, that's actually what I'm wanting. Because everybody desires to be valuable, to be accepted. Everybody desires that for love, friends. But it's only when you meet Jesus, it's only when you encounter Him that you realize what love really is. True love. And that true love makes you encounter an amazing Father. And then when you receive His love, you can love. It's a beautiful picture in the Word of God. So I, I want to kind of um, maybe touch on a couple of things this morning. But for those of you that have been watching um, along our online uh, meetings on Sundays, you would have uh, realized that we have been concentrating on Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit specifically. Where We've uh, spoken about the separation uh, and the difference between being born again and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. When we're born again, Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us. Uh, Holy Spirit inside of us is about us. Holy Spirit upon us is about others, um, and just that encounter with Holy Spirit, how Holy Spirit comes and fills us and comes upon us and surrounds us, fills our life and body, soul, and spirit we become one in Him, begin to commune with uh, 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 our spirit and our and our soul, and begin to outwork, bringing our body into submission so that we can outwork the plans and the purposes of God. Um, you see the the soul used to um speak through the five senses, so whenever we um we didn't know christ we our spirit man was dead, so we were were led and made decisions and operated with the five senses and now that we're born again, our spirit man has been made alive, we begin to operate from the spirit, which is not the five senses friends. And to operate from the Spirit, man, it's vital that we understand who God is, because that's where God is speaking, and that's where God wants to flow from, and that comes from the Word of God. So I want to speak a little bit this morning about the Word of God, but I want to uh, uh, kind of say this first. I want to say that many people, um, born-again believers, still live in their old way of thinking. Friends, and if you still live in your old way of thinking, then the presence and power of God cannot operate the way God wants it because your old way of thinking was uh, governed, designed, and operated through the five senses. And we no longer operate according to the five senses. Friends, we operate in faith and we operate in the Spirit. So I'm talking about now people that are operating in the Spirit Friends, isn't it amazing in Romans 8 that the whole world, the whole earth is groaning. It's literally groaning. It's complaining. It's mumbling. It's, ooh, for the sons of God. And the sons of God, friends, are those that are led by the Spirit of God. They are operating from the Spirit. And the only way we can get a picture of that to understand that is we've we've got the example of Jesus. And when we look at the example of Jesus, He was the Son of God, but He was an example of being a son, what a son looks like. And the world saw that, and now it groans for that. It groans for people to arise and be like that. And I say we owe it to this world to be who God's called us to be, to be the sons and the daughters of God. Friends, it is time. I almost want to say that we need to shake off All the lies and the deception of the enemy that's tried to tell us, because there is a demonic spirit that prevails in the earth today, friends. It's an antichrist spirit. It's prevailing in the world today, trying to lie to us and tell us that we can't be that. And that we must try and operate and deal with things in the flesh, friends. And the flesh is stinky and fraught. Amen. It does nothing. Friends, it stinks. You don't want anything that hangs around the flesh stinky is vultures. They want to come and just eat off the dead things of people's lives. We want to bring life. God came to give us life and to give it abundantly. We want to bring life to people. We want to be who God's called us to be. So I want to shake that off us because I want to say during lockdown, God was speaking and telling us this is a beautiful moment, a heart moment, where we can encounter Him, where we can be drawn back to Him again. Friends, how many of you out there um, that I'm talking to, whether it's 24-7 church family or other church family or, or, or friends or anybody around the world, how many of you just were very blase and casual about church, about the family of God, about gathering, about meeting God? How many of you in your quiet times, in your time with the Lord, have been so slack, but God's come in His grace and in His mercy, and He said to us, let, let me give you an opportunity maybe to just re-encounter me and to realign some things in our lives. And that's what He's been doing. He's making us be, think about it. Friends, how many of us have, have come to church, and we come to church at quarter past the time of starting time? And we waltz in, and it's fine, and there's worship going on, but hey, that's fine. I'll kind of miss a bit of the worship. I'll just catch the preach. Or or how many of us have just been so relaxed about actually gathering together, and these people, that irritate me, or... or uh, you know, or, you know, they, you know they're not even really nice. And suddenly now we have lockdown and suddenly something of value begins to stir in your heart. Suddenly I'm beginning to understand and value the people that surround me. Suddenly church is vital. My family is vital, friends. It's Father's Day. My family, my family is vital. For me together, together with my family is like, it means everything to me. It absolutely wounds me. It's like, it's a deep wound, friends, when we, we can, for us not being able to gather because of the limitation of 50 in our venue just doesn't work with that. And not being able to have home groups and, and be with people, it wounds me. And, and, and just to, to be together and to encourage one another and to help one another. And Friends, God's beginning to stir all those things back in our hearts and lives. He's beginning to say, listen, let's re-look at all of this. Friends, we, are, we must not be blasé anymore. This just casual, casual kind of laziness and passivity that crept into our lives just because it was really nice. I could just come in and slot in and, oh, the, 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 the music is really good. It's really, oh, goosebumps. I was quite entertained. Oh, praise and worship was good today. Praise and worship is not there to be good, friends. Praise and worship is to honor the Lord. It's to position ourselves. I don't come in late. The reason why I don't come in late is because God's there. It's. I'm not. I would never do that in my normal life. I wouldn't just pitch to any meeting that I'm having whenever I feel like and go, "Hey, I've arrived. Um, I know I'm 30 minutes late, but hey, you know, um, you know, really, I think you're important." No, he doesn't think you think he's important. Uh, If you just come in late, friends, worship, friends, to to honor God, to honor the Word, to honor what's being preached. We. It's God's captivating our hearts again and challenging us once again. And this is what I'm wanting to share a little bit this morning, and I'm, I'm taking a long time to get there. But um, it's just I'm, I'm wanting us to understand that when we receive Holy Spirit into our lives, friends, I want us to understand that we have God inside of us. That the journey of mankind from Adam all the way along, God. Was with them, but he was never inside them. Now, to have God inside of us, friends, to have God inside of us looks like something. God's presence inside of his people looks like something. If we do not understand that, friends, hopefully at the end of today we can understand that, friends, because we have to be who God's called us to be. We're not going to play games anymore. God is not playing games. Passivity. The laziness, the, 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 the casualness of the gospel is gone. Friends, the world is crying out. People are dying, not just dying of the COVID-19 virus, friends. They are dying out there in their souls, in their, in their, in their um, emotions, friends. They are crying out. And the reality is, friends, they're crying out for us to be who God's called us to be. And, friends, there are far too many of us pastors that have settled, friends, for something of a man-pleasing, casual, nice little social club where we can bring motivational speeches and help people and just encourage them, friends, and not be who God's called us to be. Friends, that's not, not good enough. And I've challenged my heart with that. And I hope at the end of today, I'll challenge every single one of your hearts. That's not what God's called us to be and not the price that He paid. So I want us to quickly have a look at that. So Let me just go quickly this morning and read you from John chapter 1. I mean, for those who have been born again for a while, they know the Scripture very, very well. Um, And uh, I want to encourage you today that, you know, good preaching uh, isn't about tickling ears. Good preaching, friends, isn't about where you feel, oh, I feel so good and I feel so full. Good preaching, friends, is when you go away hungry. You go away with an itch that you need to go and find out how to scratch it. Um, And, uh, friends, good preaching isn't about giving you a new revelation, a new little um, nice little thing that makes you feel good. Sometimes good preaching is just reading the solid Word again and encouraging us to keep on going with the line and length of the Word of God. So, I just want to read um, verse 1 in John, um, chapter 1 in the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jumping to verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. And then, and that's Jesus. And then let's just quickly go, I want to go to Acts, Acts chapter 10. Um, I always encourage my congregation, I always say, um, it's really nice and it's, it's encouraging to me when you can hear the rustle of the pages of the Bible, um, and these days, uh, flicking on your screen to, on your um, iPhone to find it. But um, reading it from the Word, friends, is, is what makes it come alive than just hearing what I'm saying because we can just hear it and then it just goes Um, where we see it friends there's something about what we're looking at the Word of God so just look at the Word of God for me Acts chapter 10 um, and verse uh, 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And God the Father anointed the Word with the Holy Spirit and with power. And when the anointed Word with Holy Spirit and power was let loose on this earth, it went about doing good and healing all. And it just helps us understand there it was healing all, Who were oppressed of the enemy. Friends, sickness, disease, and infirmity comes from the pit of hell. God came to bring life. Friends, and sickness, and disease, and infirmity is anti-life. You can't have fullness of life if you're feeling sick. So Jesus came to set us free from the oppression of the enemy. He came to bring healing. He came to bring life. If you flick over to Luke chapter 4. I'm just giving you some scriptures that will help us understand, and then I want to launch into something. Luke chapter 4, we can probably just read from verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord, Jesus speaking, He stands up in in the um, synagogue, and He uh, opens the scroll, and He begins to read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Isn't it amazing that here is Jesus, the Word of God who comes to the earth. He's anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, and He's anointed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because... He has anointed me to do something. That's to preach the good news and to set people that are captive, people that are in bondage, to set them free, to open blind eyes, to bring deliverance and freedom into people's lives. Friends, that's what Jesus' mandate was and what he was called to do, right? It's very clear for me in in Scripture when it says that. Then I, I go to John chapter 20. And verse 21, you can turn there, just uh, have a look at it. And uh, you will see in John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus says this, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. The mandate, the plan, and the purpose that God gave Jesus, Jesus said, now I am giving you the same mandate. We've just read about the mandate of Jesus, and now Jesus is saying, You and I have the same mandate. Isn't that powerful? Friends, yet we settle for so much less than that. We settle that, oh, that was for those days. Now, no, friends, we've been given the same mandate. And it it will not stop until Jesus returns again. But let's just kind of carry on in the Word of God because we can. So in 1 John chapter 4, and verse 17, this is what the Word of God says. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. So as He is. So friends, not as He was. Friends, we're not looking at Jesus as He was. As the the uh, Savior, as the one who died on the cross. As powerful and as wonderful that is, as that is. We're not looking at him then. We're looking at him as he is. And where is he now, friends? He's seated at the right hand of God. Now, friends, that isn't because the left hand side of God was full. That's not because he he didn't have anywhere else to sit, so he just sat at the right hand. Friends, everything in the Bible has purpose and has plan. <laughs> Everyone's laughing here, sorry. That made me laugh. Um Everything in the Bible has a purpose and a plan, friends. So when he's seated at the right hand, what does right hand mean, friends? It's strength. It's power. It's authority. He's seated at the right hand of God in full authority and power, friends. And it says now he's interceding on our behalf. So we are as he is. So reading, I want to read this one because this is powerful. If you jump to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 9. Let's just read this. Hebrews chapter 9. I love the Word of God, and why I'm, 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 I'm sharing it this morning is because when I end, I'm hoping that you will understand how powerful and how important the Word of God is. Um, so I'm reading it because the anointing is on the Word. Um, Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9. It's find verse 9. And being made perfect, he's talk, this is talking about Jesus. He became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey Him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. That's wonderful. He's our high priest. What a a beautiful high priest to have. Amen. Just to be seated there in all authority and power, uh, interceding and standing on our behalf. He's the mediator of this beautiful covenant. He's called us now to do the same mandate And as he is right now, so are we. And what is he right now? Well, it says here, and being made perfect, he became. How many know that if you say he became, it means that he wasn't. He became something. We know Jesus is the Son of God. We know who he is. We know he's the darling of heaven. We know this glorious, beautiful person of Jesus but he became something, friends. He became something when he came to this earth and he died and he returned back and sat at the right hand of God. He became the source of eternal salvation. Now, not just Jesus, the Son of God, sitting at the right hand, but the Son of Man sitting at the right hand. Sending us with a mandate to be as he is. The source of salvation, friends. Salvation, the word there is soteria. Soteria doesn't just mean uh, you're going to heaven. That means, friends, it's to be set free, to be delivered, to be healed, to be made whole. It's a complete understanding. Jesus is the source of that, and as man it was, as I was sent by the Father, so now I'm sending you. As I am, so are you. This is very powerful, this illustration that we we're trying to get across here, and so I want us to understand that we've got this incredible mandate to be sons and daughters of God that carry the anointing that Holy Spirit comes upon us and in us, and then when He comes upon us, He comes upon us in power. And our mandate is simply to do good, friends. We will do you good. If you encounter a born-again believer who understands who he is and has genuinely encountered Jesus Christ, he will do you good. If he doesn't do you good, friends, he doesn't know who he is or he has never met Jesus. And friends, he will not only just do you good, but friends, when you encounter him, you will encounter healing. He will bring the power and the miraculous of God. Friends, I want us to understand something. That when, Je- when we're talking about this, what Jesus, the way, when Jesus said it's better for me if I go away, when I go away, because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, he was not leaving us helpless. He was not leaving us as a church that's just desperate and oh, just trying to claw our way to the finish line. He was not leaving us, uh, it was better if I go away, Wow, it wasn't very much better if that's what he was leaving us. Friends, but what he, why he said it's better if we go away, because he sent us Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit now dwelling inside of us. Holy Spirit now upon us. Holy Spirit now coming in power. That the people of God can operate in power, friends. And we dare not settle for less than power, friends. So now when we look at the Word of God, we've got to look at this now carefully. We're going to ask ourselves some questions. Something is missing, and we're trying to get it back, friends, because this, friends, is not some kind of casual blase, try this, try that, and I hope it works. Jesus not go around going, Whoo, I don't know, I spent a little bit of shorter time in prayer this morning with you, Father. I'm not sure if it's going to work today. Um, uh, oops, let me see. Uh, well, I'm having a bad day. It's been a tough day, so maybe you won't get healed. Who knows? Whoo, you might fall on, on his, God's good side. No, friends, it wasn't... it. The kingdom of God, friends, there's a way that the kingdom of God operates, and it operates just as powerfully as the way the natural realm operates. In fact, I want to tell you that the kingdom of God operates more powerfully than the natural realm. Just like in the natural realm, um, now I'm, I, and I'll honor my, one of my spiritual fathers, Rob Rufus. I'm taking this uh, from his uh, preach um, when we talked about the law of gravity and how the law of gravity just works. When a pilot uh, or when a person stands on the uh, edge of a cliff, or whatever, he doesn't go, I wonder if the law of gravity will work today. Let me see. if Maybe I'll be lucky and it won't work and I'll just and go flying. No, you only do that once. And, friends, you will quickly learn that the law of gravity will take you splat on the ground. Law of gravity operates, friends. The law of sin and death is operating in this world all the time. But, friends, there's something greater. The realm of the Spirit is greater than the law of gravity, than the law that operates in this realm. Uh, Romans chapter 8, uh, verses 1, you can read it there. Well, let me read it. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says this There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free, friends. That's why um, when uh, uh, Rob was sharing about how the law of gravity and the law of lift. The law of lift overcomes the law of gravity. That's why a plane can take off. The law of gravity wants to pull it down, but the law of lift makes it go up. Friends, the reality is sin and death want to pull us down as the people of God. But the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free, friends. Not set us free, just maybe. Not set us free because we're having a good day. Not set us free because we um, haven't uh, sinned today, or we've uh, we've spent a lot of time in the Word, and we've been praying a lot, friends. It sets us free because of Jesus Christ, friends. It'll work every single time, no matter what situation or what you've been doing or how you've been operating. It will set us free because it's not reliant on us; it's reliant on Jesus Christ. So now, friends, when we talk about the Word of God, let's. Let's stir up our hearts a little bit and understand what I'm talking about. Friends, when we read here, we, we, uh, in, it's Mark chapter 4, I think it is, in the parable of the sower It comes to mind. In the parable of the sower, the parable of the sower, Jesus is saying, if you understand this, you understand all parables. You can understand everything if you can just catch this heart. And He talks about seed being sown. He talks about the seed being the Word of God, and it's sown, friends. And when it's sown, it's sown onto a st- uh, uh, pathway of stony ground, into rocky ground, into um, thorny ground, and then also into good soil, friends. And he begins to bring an analogy of, of, of all of that and how it gets stolen away and how with the rocky ground, um, there's not, it's very shallow and, um, and the, 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 the seed takes root very quickly, but then with the sun and the... And all the and the and he basically analyzes the persecution. All of that comes. What I what I really wanted to say with that analogy is to say this. It says, "And when persecution comes for the word's sake." Verses seventeen, uh, Mark chapter four, verse seventeen. Tribulation and perse- persecution come on account of the word. Verse 18 and 19, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, desires for other things, enter in and choke the word. The word proves unfruitful. That's in thorny ground. What happens in thorny ground, I'm losing my voice here. What happens in thorny ground, friends, is that the cares of the world and, and the and deceitfulness of riches and, and, and desires for other things, they come in. But why are they coming in, friends? Because they don't like you, because they just thought that they would pick on you today, that you had the wrong jersey on. They come in because, it says, they enter in and choke the Word. What are they going after? The Word. So that the Word proves unfruitful. He doesn't mind, the enemy doesn't mind if you're fruitful. He minds if the Word is fruitful. So he goes after the word friends in our lives because he understands and knows how powerful the word is in our lives In Isaiah 55:11 it says so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth it shall not return to me empty but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it That is the word of God the word of God will not return empty or void, but it will accomplish, friends. The power of the Word, and the devil knows that, so he knows if he can rob, if he can choke, if he can uh, somehow uh, steal away the Word as quickly as possible, friends, then we, will, we can't be fruitful and benefit from that Word. Um, in, in Mark chapter 16, let's just quickly go there. I love the Scripture. Mark chapter 16. I hope I can pull this all together in a short space of time. Mark chapter 16. I love this. Don't you just love this? Uh, Verse 19. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven. Jesus is taken up into heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of God. He's spoken to them. He's now gone up, and he's sitting at the right hand of God. And then verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere. While the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word with accompanying signs. Confirming the word, word some translations will say, with signs following. Don't you just love that Jesus has finished speaking to them. Then he goes and he sits down at the right hand. Mandates transferred to them. And then they now go out with that mandate. And they're preaching everywhere. And the Lord was now working with them. And confirming the word with signs following. How many know that it clearly says there that he, it's, he worked with them confirming the word. He did not confirm them. He confirmed the word. He did not confirm a ministry. He confirmed the word. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your ministry is. The presence and power of God flows to confirm his word. Not to confirm you. That's what the Word of God actually says. Hebrews, you want to read it quickly, Hebrews chapter 2. Let's go back to Hebrews. I'm jumping around the Bible, but I'm loving it. Um, Hebrews chapter 2. If you just read verse, um, just reading, let's say, just read from verse, well, let me just read from verse 1. Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved, not, proved, proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? We must pay attention to the word that we've heard, the gospel, this great salvation. It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. God was honoring and He was confirming and His, His Word with signs and wonders. The Bible is very clear that God is interested in confirming His Word. The mandate over our lives... Friends, gets us to understand now how important the word is, because God will confirm His word. I hope we're getting this. I wanna um, use one of these one of these um, most powerful scriptures that I kind of meditate on in my life all the time. In Jeremiah one verse twelve, it, it, God said this: "I watch." Over my word to perform it. God said, I watch over my word to perform it. God is watching over his word. This is a beautiful place to be because now we can rest. Hebrews 4, it's a beautiful uh, chapter. It's about the rest of God. It's why the people of God can rest. There's no stress. We can rest. Why? Because the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 4, that the word is living and active. The Word is living and active, and God is watching over His Word to perform it. So what is my part to play in that? It says there that we are to hold fast to the confession. See, my responsibility is to speak the Word. I just have to rest in the knowledge that as I speak the Word, friends, then God is watching over His Word to perform it. Friends, if we can understand this, we can, we can catch what God was trying to tell us, I think, all along. Um, in, in Psalm 138 verse 2, now they're just giving you some scriptures to help you understand. The Bible says, you have exalted your word above your name. Some, some um, um, Bibles say you've exalted your word and your name. But in the original ma- manuscripts, they say you have exalted your word above your name. Even the name of God. Because, friends, the heavens and earth will pass away. But His Word. There's something about the Word of God that we need to catch and understand. It's a beautiful picture here that if we can understand it, we will realize how powerful and how important the Word is in us fulfilling our mandate as miraculous, powerful uh, people who are not only filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit upon us, but filled with power. Jesus came to give us the Holy Spirit and fire, power, friends. It is time for the church to rise up in power, for the church to operate in power, friends. We need to understand this. How many know in the very beginning, right in the very beginning, God the Father was there, God the Son was there, God the Holy Spirit was there, God the Holy Spirit was hovering, and things were formless and void, and nothing was happening. And then God spoke. And Holy Spirit brought form. See, power of the Word of God. When we speak the Word of God, friends, it moves things. You know about, I think it's about 40 years ago or more years ago, that they actually found out, just this is a side issue quickly, they found out that you know your speech center in your brain, that it controls all your nerves. Now, they only found it out just recently, but the Bible was saying it for years and years and years way back, 2,000 years ago. The Bible was telling us, not quite 2,000 years ago, maybe 2,000 years ago, the Bible was telling us, friends, in James. In James chapter 3, it said the tongue, small little member, can control the whole body. What you speak and what you say, friends, your whole body reacts to it. If you're standing there today going, Well, I don't believe any of this, well, your whole body's going, oh, I don't believe any of this either. And if you don't believe it, well, good for you. You will never believe it, and you'll never walk in the presence and power of God. Well done. Um, The reality, friends, is that if we dare to believe, friends, when we begin to speak our little tongue, it controls our whole body. Our whole body comes alive. Our whole body goes, whoa! really? I can do that? Yes, you can do that. You know, I, just a quick journey in, in terms of the disciples' lives, just to help us with this, with this, this flow, Hopefully, and, and I'll pull it together, is, you know what I found fascinating? I found fascinating that here's Peter, uh, Luke chapter 5, here's Peter, he's, uh, he's a fisherman, he's been a fisherman all his life, trained with all of that, and Jesus comes along, and uh, he's heard about Jesus, he knows some stories about Jesus, but Jesus comes along and then says to him, why don't you just push out and throw your nets on the other side? And we know for a lot of Christians, they've heard this in you know, Sunday school stories and, and stuff's been preached about it. But I just want to share it in light of what I've been saying. I want to share this. I want to say simply this. Peter somehow says to him, um, listen, I've been fishing all night. I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm doing. But nevertheless, at your word, something inside of Peter was, this guy's word is serious. This guy's word. You know, when Jesus spoke, the Bible says that they were marveling at him. When he spoke, it spoke with such authority. His word. His word was different, friends. That's why Peter, in the midst of this massive storm, the waves all over the place. The, the boat is sinking. There's just this huge storm, and there's stuff going on. And then Jesus comes walking along on the water. And friends, in those days, there was this, this whole um, myth and, 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 and weird... Uh, uh, demonic uh, stuff about for fishermen and for people that were on the water, if they saw a ghost, they thought they were going to die. So here's uh, Peter about to um, sink, and everybody sees this ghost, and then Jesus says, no, it's me. And then Peter says something very strange. He says to the Lord, tell me to come. You speak your word. And everything is going to be okay. There's something powerful about the Word of God, friends. That if we can understand how powerful, how these guys understood the Word of God. Do you know that in, I'm in, in, jumping a few chapters, if you go and read it in Luke chapter 9, it says that He sent out His disciples. Um, and, uh, and they went out and they, they were laying hands and healing people, and it was powerful. It was so awesome. And then at the end of chapter 9, they're traveling along, friends, and they have to go through Samaria. And they go, they send some of the disciples go out to Samaria uh, ahead of them to prepare a place so they can get a place ready for Jesus. And um, the, the Samaritans go, no, 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 we, we, because Jesus was going on to Jerusalem. And they were like, ooh, you know, because Jerusalem's not their place. So they said, no, no, we don't want Jesus to come here. And then James and John say something incredible. They say to Jesus, they say, Lord. Do you want us to call fire down from heaven and cook this whole city? Friends, what kind of a thing is that? It's like, what? They knew the power of the word. Jesus, you speak and I can do it. Can you imagine these guys? They've been sent out and they've been praying for the sick and healing and they've had this mandate. And now all of a sudden, something has told them, something has grown in them where they've thought, listen, we'll cook any city here if you just tell us. As long as you say it, we're in. It's powerful, friends. They believe the Word of God. My question and my heart crying out to you today is, do you believe the Word of God? Is it the Word of God to you? Is it a word from God Himself? Because if He's spoken it, then we can do it. Amen. It's inside of our lives. Oh, So much. Lord, help me you know, um, in, in, in John 20, well, I just want to give you this picture, and then I'll pull it together. Uh, in John chapter 20, what I love is that Jesus comes in, into the room. They're all hiding in the room, and, and because they're scared of, uh, that they're going to get caught, and, and what's going to happen to them, and Jesus just appears to them, and then you know the story where he says, peace uh, be unto you, and then uh, he breathes on them, receive Holy Spirit, and then it says, um, like a couple of verses later, it says, but Thomas wasn't with them. And, uh, and then Jesus just appeared again eight days later when Thomas was with them. And uh, when they tried to tell Thomas, he said, Nah, unless I see. Uh, uh. See, he wasn't with them when God breathed Holy Spirit. And all he could think about was what he can see, what he can feel. It's five senses. And the end of that, John chapter 20, I think it's verse 29, it says, Blessed are those who believe. Have not seen. Friends, my heart's cry is that blessed are us because we may not have seen, but we believe. His word is true, friends. And so now I want to encourage us here today and say this that God came and made our spirit man come alive. We got born again. And now we're born again. Our spirit man has now been able to commune with God, be able to commune with our soul, friends. And now God's calling and asking us to renew our thinking so that our spirit and soul and body can operate as one in unison. Change the way you think. Begin to think like God. Begin to think like uh, God is, and God is spirit. Begin not to operate anymore in the five senses, what we can see or feel, but operate by the spirit of God. And friends, when we begin to operate as one, as a a unit of spirit, soul, and body, friends, and we allow the Word of God to come and to richly dwell, Colossians 3.16 says, let the Word of God richly dwell in you. See, we must be a workman uh, uh, approved rightly uh, handling the Word of God. We've got to handle this Word rightly. So friends, what happens now is that we receive the Word of God. And it comes and it renews our thinking, and our thinking now starts to line up with the Word of God. And as our thinking starts to line up with the Word of God, now, friends, the Word of God starts to become active and alive. Now we have a, a body, soul, and spirit that's flowing and operate, operating together, and we have the Word. Now I go back to the Scripture that I shared, Acts chapter 10, verse 38 how God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. Jesus' living Word anointed Holy Spirit and power by the Father, us as the children of God, anointed Holy Spirit And power, friends, and the Word of God now richly dwelling inside of us, the same unity, same power, same authority that was operating in Jesus, the living Word, the Word of God, now can operate in our lives. We can begin to flow in the same authority and the same power. And when we do that, friends, now we can do what the Bible has called us to do. And that's signs, wonders, wonders and miracles. So my heart today is, friends, is that this isn't some slapdash thing. This isn't some casual thing. Friends, it isn't now, I just come to church and it's nice. I come halfway through worship. Woo, that's really nice. I'm kind of half listening to what Grant is saying. I'm kind of checking my emails. Oh, that's really nice. Come to the end of the meeting now, it's like, well, actually, what I do need is I need a job, or actually I need... Um, I need some healing. So let's go up there and let's go and just get the man of God to pray for, for me or, or let's just trust for a gift to operate. Friends, Jesus is wanting way more than that. That's why he said this is for everybody, not just for a few, not just for a handful. Friends, we're not called to just rely on the big power gifts and people that have got this gift or that gift. Let me just say this to you. If you've got Holy Spirit, then you have all nine fruits. Most people will go, yeah, I've got all nine fruits. I've got the Holy Spirit, so, you know, He's inside of me. Well, if you've got the Holy Spirit and you've got all nine fruits, guess what? You've got all nine gifts. Because they belong to Holy Spirit. Friends, and then as Holy Spirit wills, you might operate in those different gifts. But friends, we are not called to just hopefully... We will just get one of those gifts to help us, friends. We are called to live and operate in the power and presence of God all the time, friends. Not to be blasé, friends, but you can operate and live in that. You don't have to just rely and come up and just want to now receive your little blessing from God. Because my Bible tells me Jesus was not impressed with that. He had thousands of crowds following him for the signs, for the food that he did by multiplying the food, friends. And he wouldn't attach his heart to that. He wanted to attach his heart to people that were in love with him, that were in love with his Father, that wanted to do the Father's will. Friends, this thing is way bigger. Holy Spirit comes inside of us for us. God wants to change our lives. God wants to bless us. i share this on the, on the um, Bible study, but I'll just share it again very quickly. Sometimes we, we quickly uh, use the Scripture, Genesis 12, verse 2, where it says um, we, uh, we, Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. Friends, the reality of that whole scripture and understanding it truthfully, friends, it's not just we were blessed to be a blessing, as if God doesn't care, it's just you were blessed. And I shared this truth. I said, can you imagine that if I'm praying for, to God and saying, God, I, I'm really believing for a car. And, and God gives me a car. And then I get in the car. Woo! I'm going to drive this car. And as I'm about to drive off, God says, no, no, I gave it to you so you could be a blessing. You need to give it to your neighbor. What kind of a father is that? Friends, we We are blessed. Because God loves us. And then we flow in blessing to others because that's what a blessed person in Christ does. I don't get healed so that I can be a testimony to someone else. Uh, I get healed because God loves me, friends. I get saved because God loves me. But I share about healing and I share about salvation because that's what a person who knows God does, friends. When you get to know God, you know who He is, friends, you just want to share. That's why the Bible says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I'm not trying to keep His commandments so you can show Him that I love Him. If I love Him, friends, it just naturally, I, the fruit, the byproduct is I obey Him. Friends, that's what God's calling us to. He's calling us to understand and to believe who He is, friends, and begin to walk in that authority and in that power. He wants us to be the people of God that He's called us to be, miracle-working people. Amen. Friends, and we don't want to settle for anything less. We're all after this. We're hungry for it, friends. So I end the, my passionate spitting and plea this morning. I end, friends, with John chapter 14. I want to end with this and just share this ah, powerfully and, and then lose my voice and fall down afterwards. But John chapter 14, this is just in the context of the Holy Spirit coming and a life that's empowered by God, a life that's miraculous. Because Jesus wants us to be miraculous, friends. I'm not interested in filling churches with people's bums, friends. I'm interested in filling churches with people's hearts filled with the Holy Spirit and power. I'm interested in living the life that God's called us to do, friends. We're overcomers. We're more than conquerors. This isn't just Scripture, friends. This is life. It's active and willing. Now listen listen to this, John chapter 14. It says, truly, truly, I say to you. What that means is I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Oh, this is not a lie. This is not a lie. Church, I am telling you the truth. I am telling you the truth. This is not a lie. This is not a lie. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus' is words, whoever believes in me, whoever, whoever, the whosoever, I don't care who you are, if you believe in Jesus, it says, we'll also do the works that I do. woo Wow, will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Woo! He was going to the Father because he knew something. He knew he was going to send Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was going to come inside of us like Holy Spirit was inside of him. He was the firstborn of all creation. He was the new breed, the new creation. He was the new model. The new model, friends, is power. It's power, Holy Spirit, not only inside of me, but upon me. Word of God richly dwelling inside of my heart, proclaiming the Word of God, the miraculous, the creative power of God. We were called to be this as a church, friends, and greater things than even He did. Well, friends, because now there's a whole bunch of us doing this, a whole bunch of us working together. Whatever you ask in my name, this will I do. Friends, it's also part of being a miraculous people is being able to understand who Jesus is and be able to ask in his name, not as a formula, just tag on in the name of Jesus. It's in Jesus' name. I don't speak on my own behalf. I speak on behalf of the King of Kings. When I speak, he speaks. When I declare, it's the word. And God is watching over his word to perform it because it will not return void. But it will accomplish everything for which God has destined it to accomplish. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Friends, that is a most powerful scripture. The whosoever will believe in me. God is saying here today, do you believe in me? I'm not talking about a wishy-washy, fluffy, um, well, I just believe in you. I'm talking about a commitment to the presence and power of God. I believe in you, Jesus. Everything else is a lie, but you are the truth. And I surrender my life. Friends, we need to pray. We need to pray. When you, if you can stand wherever you are, in your, in your houses, in your bedroom, wherever you are, in your garden, I, it doesn't matter. Friends, right now, we need to pray. My heart and my life, friends, is I don't get all excited and spit and whatever because it, it's like what I do. It's, friends, it stirs up inside of me and just, I have such a passion for us to fulfill the mandate that God's called us. And I have such a, 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 a passion when we settle for something less. We must not settle for something less, friends. It's, this is what God has called us to We are a miraculous, powerful people. And friends, we can rest in this. This is not a striving. It's because of the Word in our hearts and in our lives. It's because we have Holy Spirit Upon us in power, it's because our mind has been renewed by the word that we now have our spirit and our soul and our bodies flowing together, friends. When that recipe comes together, this isn't some fluke, this isn't something that might happen. I don't know, we'll see today, friends. This is a guarantee, the spirit is a guarantee, friends, over our lives. And so, I want to pray today, friends, because I want to pray over that scripture. I want you to read that scripture again, John chapter 14. Verse 12, because I want to pray right now, and I want, to, I want to ask you a simple question. Do you genuinely believe that is the Word of God? Do you genuinely believe that God said that? And are you prepared to settle for nothing less than what God's Word declared? Because that's what I am declaring and saying right now, friends. In my own life, I will not settle for anything less than that. And friends, it's ours. It's ours in Jesus. We can, friends. You don't have to now go and, 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 and pop a vein, friends. What you have to do is spend time with Him as you get to know Him. Do you know something interesting in the Bible? I think it's Psalm 103, verse 7. It says this, that Moses knew the ways of God, but the children of Israel knew His acts. I don't want God to have to come out and just like do this little here, there, just to rescue me, help me, whatever. When I can know His ways. Friends, not just does God want to heal. I know God wants to heal. But to know how He heals and to know that if I know His ways, I can operate in the same power and authority in healing. Because I want to, I want to demonstrate the life that Jesus demonstrated. Wherever He went, He healed. So we want in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the weeks to come, we want to teach on healing because we want us to understand what it means to do this, signs and wonders of healing, healing people's lives, doing good. How do you do good? You've got a pain? Pain must bow. You've got any sickness, disease, must leave your life. Emotionally, we want you to be whole. Depression must go. Joy must come back. Peace, joy, life, love of God. So I wonder if you can just position your heart right now. I've said a lot, but I want us right now just to position our hearts with John chapter 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, honestly, I'm not lying. I'll tell you the truth. Whoever believes in me, the things that I do, shall you do also. And greater things than these, because I go to be with my Father to sit at his right hand in all authority and power and to be able to intercede on your behalf so that you can operate in the same authority and power. So Lord, I want to pray for every single person that's standing right now, that's positioning their heart. And I want to encourage you and say this to you right now as well. If you're sitting down, don't pray this prayer. I'm saying to you now, stand up if you want to pray this prayer. Father, we don't, we don't take this thing casually. I'm tired of casualness and slapdash passivity in the church. We've been given an incredible mandate, and it's not some heavy thing. It's actually an absolute honor and a privilege to represent Jesus well. This world is crying out for a representation of the true Jesus. Not all this other floppy Jesus, but the true Jesus. That will stand in truth and will love unconditionally. That will not be looking at race or color or, or class of person or, or with a woman or whether you're a woman or man or gender, but genuinely will love everybody. That will do good to everybody whose lives are laid down to bring the presence and power of God into every single situation. So as we position our hearts now, Lord God, I know Holy Spirit, you see all. You see beyond the outward. Man looks on the outward. God looks on the heart. But I'm standing here with everybody, Lord God, my hands lifted up saying, God, have mercy. By the mercies of God, I beseech you, church, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your reasonable worship to a God who is the creator of heaven and earth, who loves you, who gave his son for you. This is your reasonable worship. And do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let the Word of God renew your thinking and your mind today. Because as your mind is renewed, God can begin to operate and move. Faith can arise, friends. It's hard for faith to arise when your thinking is negative. But when faith arises, friends, in the Word of God, see, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word. Let the Word of God wash over you. Let the Word of God richly dwell inside of you. Let the Word of God be in your thoughts. As the Word of God richly dwells inside of you, friends, now you can dare to believe. Because Jesus said, whosoever believes. This isn't a casual belief, friends. Today I want to encourage you. This is not a casual belief. This is a laying down your life belief. This saying, above everything else, I honor your word. Because God said, I honor my word even above my name. God was saying, who I am, my name, my reputation, my everything. The word of God is higher than that. I don't care about my name. I want to say today, friends, I don't care about your name. I don't care about my name. What I do care about is the word of God. And if we would dare to believe the word of God, and his name is Jesus... If we would dare to believe in Him. If you've never been born again, never asked Jesus to come into your life, then today is the day. Now. Now, right now. Not today. Now is the time of salvation for you. Ask Jesus to come. To be Lord of your life. Surrender your life. Acknowledge that you've mucked it up that you have sinned and fallen short. You can't do this thing and ask Him to come and take control, and He will come. He will respond to your belief in Him. Allow Him to come. Allow Holy Spirit to come. Friends, if we will do what God is calling us to do, and that's to lay our lives down and to yield to Him, allow Holy Spirit to come in, surrender our lives, no longer blasé, but now, now in honoring of His Word, to tremble at His Word, to read His Word, to, to meditate on His Word, to allow His Word to, to, to um, incubate in our hearts and lives and begin to speak His Word. Friends, we will see signs and wonders and miracles confirming that Word. We will see the miraculous of God happen, friends, not because of us, because of the Word. But we have to operate in unity, spirit, soul, and body. We have to operate in faith. And we have to operate in the Word. If you don't know the Word, you cannot operate. You cannot operate in faith. So, Father, I'm praying today. This isn't just some quick little prayer, some little nice little patter cake on somebody's head, or just yay, and then everything all just becomes right. This is a cry of our heart saying, Lord, this is something that we are committing to. We want to be your witnesses. And the Holy Spirit comes upon us in power to be witnesses. We want to be a people that the Spirit of the Lord is upon to preach the gospel. The Spirit of the Lord is not upon us, friends, so that we can get up a motion and get a good job and have a nice life and have a nice house and a car. Friends, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to preach the gospel. Spirit of the Lord is upon us to set the liberty, the captives. The Spirit of the Lord inside of us, friends, will operate and cause us to be blessed and favored to increase with man and God and and increase in stature. That happens, but the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, friends, because it's to bring life to those in desperate need. So I'm just praying right now that, Lord, you would allow this Word to so wrestle inside of us and that it would plant and that, Lord God, would never ever be uprooted, Lord God, never be stolen away by the enemy. But this word would be fruitful, Lord God. The Bible says 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold in our lives in Jesus' name. May we be the most fruitful people. The Bible's very clear, friends, that Jesus is the vine. we just the bronze, branches. We just allow His Him to be the source of our lives He causes the fruit. Branches don't have to stress to produce fruit. They just produce fruit when they are drawing from the vine. So may today be a a new day in our lives, Lord God. May tomorrow, Lord God, be a new day. May we begin to, to trust You more, to listen to Holy Spirit more. And when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, Lord, that we would respond in faith and speak the Word of God and bring about the miracle that God wants to in that situation, to release the presence of Jesus in whatever way that God wants to do, whether it's healing or whether it's emotional healing or or in whatever form. Lord, may we become the people that you've called us to be. Lord, I just thank you for every person here today. I just thank you for their hearts, Lord God. I pray, Father, that nothing that I've said would have in any way brought any heaviness, Lord, because the Bible, I read it. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. No. No. If you study that, it means no. None. Nada. Geen. niks. Nothing. No condemnation. Now, this is not a, a message about condemnation. This is a message of encouragement, of, of daring to believe that God is good and that He wants us to be just like His Son in this earth, as He is right now, in authority and power, so we can be on this earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, love you. Be blessed. Trust that this has impacted your life, changed your life. Uh, please share with us the testimonies of if God's been saying and speaking to you and the things that happen. We love to know what God is doing. So um, just love you guys. Uh, please uh, join us again on Wednesdays and, and the Tuesday, the podcast. It's so powerful, Frank and Nikki's testimony. It's just, it just it touches my life. Uh, of just what an incredible couple and how they trusted the Lord, even through the difficulties, and our God comes through. So that is a miracle. That's the miracle of God following uh, as they've trusted His Word. And uh, so bless you guys. Love you all. Uh, Don't forget Thursday, that beautiful early morning prayer.